you've ever been in a helpless or hopeless space Ooh. in your life and you just do not see yourself outside of where you are, you'll die in that space yes, if you will. do not have people surrounding you to continually speak life into you. Yeah. Welcome back to episode two of Wildfire. I am Josh. What's up? I am Melvin Charles Akins. What happened to JD Lat? I thought that's... JD Lat, you're right. JD Lat, you're going to the podcast. Splick Attack, like you had it. Last time you said we weren't doing Splick Attack no more. I know. But I kind of took a liking to it. Because it's good. <laughs> because I'm, I, I'm good. And we have a fire feature with us today. I am so excited. We said on the last episode that she was going to be our first guest, and we were just joking. We didn't know that she was really about to be our first guest, but she is officially our first guest. Let this be a lesson that there is absolutely power in what you say. Okay, we're going to come back to that because <laughs> I got to tell y'all a story. <laughs> you always have a story. <laughs> yes, our very first fire feature on the Wildfire Podcast is none other than Lynn, a.k.a. The Dream Coach, hey. a.k.a. Millennial Things, Lynn D, whatever you Lynn want. Lynn D. A little bit of everything. <laughs> In these Doing the most. In these <laughs> <laughs> Doing the most LLC. But that's why she is on our podcast today because she does so much. And um, I'm just excited for y'all to meet her. She's one of my favorite people. And I'm just, I'm excited. Hey. Um, so welcome, Lynn. We're going to give her some applause right here. Woo! It's going to be an overwhelming fake audience right here. Yeah. <laughs> so who is Lynn? Who is the dream coach? Who, who, who are you? I'm a lot of things. I'm learning to stop defining myself by my roles, but honestly, I think my roles really are who I am. So, like, I'm a friend, I'm a counselor, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a entrepreneur, I'm a lot of things. I think I'm an ultimate multitasker, but sometimes, again, I do the most, and I've definitely been doing the most <laughs> in these Roman streets. Um, but, I mean, what else is there to do? Right, okay, nothing. but the most. Ultimately, I'm just simply me, like just trying to figure out life. I am 31 years old. I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, born and raised. G-Burr? Proud native. In the house. Really weird, fun <sighs> fact. I went to elementary school with Josh and we didn't even know. We did not <laughs> even know that. I forgot about that. I Mur still got to find my yearbook. Murphy Traditional Academy, Patriot Stand Up. Hey. I went to a traditional <laughs> academy in elementary school. I went to North Hills Traditional Academy. But you what? didn't go to Murphy, so... I Mm. You're not a patriot. Mm. I'm a panther. Hey, I'm a panther too, which oh. takes me to, I went to oh, the James Benson Dudley Senior High School, class of 2006. See, this is where we have to part ways, because no. I'm, I'm a whirly. I'm a whirly. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that sounds stupid. Thank you. Your mascot is a storm. Everybody have a seat. <laughs> Y'all are moody. Everybody. <laughs> whirly stand up, represent, but go ahead, Lynn. Mm -mm. <laughs> And then I also uh, attended North Carolina Central University. Verdant Greens. The, the Sloping Hills and Verdant Greens <laughs> of the North Carolina Central University. Um, but I um, I got my, my bachelor's and my master's degrees from uh, NCCU. And currently, I'm a school counselor by trade. But in my um, actual life, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a business called The Dream Coach College Prep Consulting where I work with high school and returning adult ed students who are interested in um, attending college. And then I also um, am in the process of building yet another business with one of my best friends. 
And I have two podcasts that I just launched, um, the Dream Coach Podcast, where I give tips to students and parents about how to successfully navigate the college application process. And I have another podcast. Which can pod- be completely overwhelming. Sometimes. It is extremely overwhelming. They have so many different new components now. Wow. So that means it's even more overwhelming than what, what it was when I was out school. Absolutely. Wow. Like, what they have to do today is nothing compared to what we did. Wow. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then I also have another podcast called Millennial Things where I talk about all things millennial. And I also have a nonprofit organization called Chosen Productions, which is a college access program for high school girls. Wow. So a lot of things for young adults. Mm-hmm. What do you do ministry-wise? <laughs> so <laughs> I serve on a worship team at my church. And I also... Shout out to church and your pastor. Shout out to uh, the Central Triad Church Me. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where my pastor is, Michael Kelly. And I also... Um, That's my church, too. <laughs> I also... Yeah. <laughs> That's where we met, officially. This is kind of strange because Lynn and I should have known each other. At least 10 years ago. At least 10 years ago. <laughs> and, did, and we were always in the same location, with always the with the same people. people. We had the same friends and we did not know each other. It is amazing that we did not meet until 2017. Full and circle moment. Have literally been in the same room, like weddings. Yep. We've been at the same weddings. We've same been churches. at the same churches, at the same services at the same time. We've been at the same social events at the same time. Yep. Lot, it's crazy, it but and then crazy. we met officially at church in 2017, and we was like, you know this person? And when we became friends on Facebook, it was like 250 friends <laughs> in common. It's like, wait a minute. And then we, every time we're around each other with somebody new, it's like, wait, how do you know them? And it's like, yes. we know literally the same people. It's just crazy. It gets, it gets kind of scary after a while. It's like, how do we not know each other? But we know each other now. Yes. And me and Melvin also co-lead um, our college ministry, Central U or Central University, which has become such a labor of love. <laughs> I really enjoy doing that. I do too. I really do. Two questions. We want to know what has wowed you and what ails you. So actually what wows me or what has wowed me, a revelation that I came to while watching that show The Chosen. Okay. Hi, y'all. Now we going straight in. Are we going in? We going straight in. Be wild by the word. (laughs) Yeah, I was was wowed very much so. I love movies and shows that bring the Bible to life. Because it gives you an opportunity to really see a different perspective and to to see that these people that we read about are not Bible characters. They were human people who walked people. the earth before. And so in one of the episodes, the story that's going on at that time is when the um, paralytic man is on his bed and his friends are trying to lower him down through the roof. And so mm. what amazed me initially was the fervor of his friends like Jesus is trying to continue teaching and his friends are like, no, you going to heal my boy because I know you can. So I really liked like That's how they demonstrated friendship. that. And they started oh, this is good. literally this is good. tearing the roof off of these people's home, which I never thought about that before, too, because if I own the home, I'd be like, wait a minute, what you doing? 
But what wowed me the most was like when Jesus told the paralytic to take up his bed and to walk, there were really two miracles that took place in that scenario. Oh, come on, teacher. Like the first thing, of course, was that Jesus healed him so he was able to walk. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a man who's been paralyzed since birth. So he basically got up and did something he never learned how to do. Yeah. Like that was like the magnitude of the miracle just took it to a whole nother level for me because wow. I'm like, not only did Jesus heal him, he completely restored him and made him whole to where his body <clears throat> should have been when he was created. Like he, mm. he didn't have to learn how to walk. He got up and started walking. Like that's the amazing part wow. that wowed me like completely. What's so interesting about that story that, that you would pick that story is that speaks so much to where I am right now in life, just launching out and doing stuff that I've never done before. Like, oh, I've never done this. It's always something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. let's just, you know, I'm taking this time to just leap. It speaks so much to this time in quarantine. Like, we, yeah. we're having to be in, you know, sit still and just, it's us, our thoughts, and God. And I'm having to download and... I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why I have some things as far as JV Light music coming up because of this time. And it's really, honestly, now or never, I feel. And I feel that urgency, like you were speaking, um, that his friends had, that urgency of, I got to get this out. Like, I got to do this right now. So there's this meme that's floating around on social media that says something like, if you aren't creating something, if you aren't getting closer to God, if you're not doing, if you're not starting a business. We talked about this in our last episode. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, that was motivation to get up and to start working. Mm -hmm. For other people, they were offended. And my question is, why are you offended by something that may not apply to you? Maybe this isn't your season to not produce anything. And Maybe this the, is your season to rest. And if it is, That's rest. okay. But yeah. don't try to tear other people down for trying to motivate other people yeah. to get moving. Because honestly, y'all, when this whole wow. situation first popped off, I thought we'd be out of work a couple weeks. Me too. I didn't think we'd be a month and some change in and I'm still at the house on my laptop. You know? Yeah. And we don't really know what's coming up the pipeline. We don't know how long we're going to be out of work. When can we confidently say we're ever going to have this amount of downtime? I'm not going to say free time because a lot of us are still working from home. But when are we going to have this amount of downtime ever again all at one time? Exactly. I'm rested. Like It's almost like using cheat codes (laughs) on a game. (laughs) It's like this time. I mean, because look at you. You have Millennial Things. You have uh, the other podcast. The Dream Coach. The Dream Coach. I mean, You launched your website. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Everything... Because here's the thing, like for the last probably two years, like one thing about me is I'm very, very goals oriented. And so for the last like every year since I was probably like 18, I've always written out my short term and long term goals for myself at the beginning of each year. Like I don't do New Year's resolutions. I, I do goals. And so I write those things out and I think I hit a lull in my life just because of, you know, things that were going on. Where I just felt like I was no longer producing anything. I felt like I was just floating through life. I had all of these things I wanted to do, but I couldn't find the extra time to implement them. I couldn't find the mental space to actually sit down and focus on doing them. And it was stressing me out because I'm like, are you going to let yet another year pass you by and you've not accomplished anything that you set out to do this year? Mm -hmm. And so 
like my friends pick on me because like one of my friends was like Lynn you the reason we in this quarantine because I've literally been telling God I want to work from home I want to work from home I don't want to go I want to work from home Josh told me the same thing (laughs) all of a sudden I'm able to work from home and it's like amazing because I don't I'm not confined to the typical eight to four now like I get up when I get up and I do what I do, and if I need to or want to stay up until four o'clock in the morning recording my podcast, I can do that and then sleep till twelve and then get up and yeah. do work and do it all over again. Exactly. Like, I'm not confined. I feel so free right now. Like me too. I haven't felt this free in a Don't long time. Don't cage me back up, right. please. And I'm treating this like a glimpse into my future life. Yes. That's what it's going to be yes. like when I, I do, be. when I just have my businesses. Yep. And I'm, yes. So yep. I'm trying to be a better student of my time. So, you know, and me, I'm doing this around the clock. So, like, I may nap a little bit during the day, but I'm up working, working, working. I'll be up to three, four o'clock and then, you know, sleep. Because my creative mind at night is. Mine too. It just gets going. It's crazy like that. So Mine is early in the morning. Not me. I'm not even coherent. <laughs> not not me at all. Like if I wake up out of my sleep, it's go time. If I now okay, I'm, I'm like Madame Moss Clark. Come on, girls, get up, get up. <laughs> See this one right here. See this one. Twink it. Either you gonna stand up for Jesus or you gonna sleep and lay down for the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you wear pants, you might as well smoke reefer. <laughs> That's the best part. No God, no. One. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, it was. That was good. That was quotable. Back to what you were saying, what wows you. I haven't gotten to the episode of Chosen yet. Could he talk? Yeah. Okay. Because my aunt was um, paralytic and she couldn't speak. And so whenever I hear that story, I always think that they had to be friend enough to dream for their friend. Like Ooh. they wanted something for him yeah. and they saw something in him and they saw an opportunity that he probably didn't get to see for himself because they probably saw Jesus and then they went and got him. Like they saw a future for him. They didn't see him as he was. They saw the potential of him having a future. And I think it's so important to be surrounded by friends yes. who can see a future in you. They were willing to partner with his deliverance. Like whatever we have to do for him, that wasn't even about them. It was for him. And he couldn't even help himself. I mean, they they made sure that he got into the presence of the Lord. Like, if you've ever been in a helpless or hopeless space in your life, and you just do not see yourself outside of where you are, you'll die in that space if you do not have people surrounding you to continually speak life into you. And I think, I mean, imagine being paralyzed your entire life. The last thing you thought you were going to do on this random Tuesday was walk when you've never been able to walk your entire life. Your entire life. You know? But the joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> I love the saints. <laughs> they just pull random. <laughs> no, I mean, it talks about being in despair. Like, this, when she said, when back, that was more so back to your first comment about, you know, when you just are in that dark spot, you just have to remember that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, what wows you right now? I know what I'm wowed by. I know what I'm wild about too. Um, a few things are wowing me right now. Oh, can I say something? Mm-hmm. One of the things that you said ailed you in episode one was the lack of upbeat music in gospel music. And look what the Lord no, has listen, done. I thought of, I went back and listened. I have to, I agreed with you, but I have to I have to take it back. Bonita Jones released a single a couple of weeks ago, yeah, or maybe a couple months ago, called Good God. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like it. It's, it's upbeat, really yeah. and I should have 
mentioned that last week when you said there was enough upbeat songs because I love that song. Like that song is getting quite a bit of play in my car because um, it is upbeat and it has a nice little. She she can she can drive a song like nobody's business. Yes, I love her. I'm, all right. So what wilds you? Um, I'm gonna say this Kiara shit album is wild on me. Okay. How many flames would you give it if you had to? Out of what? Out of five. Let's say five. Out of five, it's definitely a solid four flames. Ooh, yeah, it's three ooh, and a half, four okay. flames. It's, it's really good. It's really good. Um, I love that we've seen her evolution. I think that she gave us a little bit of everything that we've grown to love from her. And so I love it. I think that um, she did a great job with this record. Um, yeah, I think she, she knows her brand. And she knows what we love from her. And I, I don't think anybody can leave this album disappointed. I think she gave like the R&B. Something for everybody. She yeah. gave the R&B cuts for the R&B people. She gave the churchy. She gave the worship. She gave everything that's going on in gospel now. She gave it. Everything that's going on in pop right now, she gave it. And everything that's going on in R&B right now, she gave that too. So I, I, I think it's great. It has a great some mixture. really, really, really bright spots for me. Better and follow are my two. Better, better is so that that song reminds me of like a lemonade or like something Beyonce would do. Um, and but she had a lyrical moment in there that really kind of stopped me. Um, but she said, "You travel in direction of whatever you're thinking." Yeah. And I was just like, "That is really powerful because that's the truth. Yeah. Our thoughts really drive our lives." Yeah. I think that's why this song reminds me of something from Lemonade or Lemonade because when I heard that, I was like, that's really a gem. Yeah. yeah I loved that. You heard Lemonade. I heard Molly Music, how he goes in and out of singing to oh, rapping, man. how he just floats on top Molly of Molly is back. And he through. is. Oh, he Molly, is yeah. back. Like he never left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Molly, yeah. I've been team Molly since. Back MySpace. Yeah. Everything keeps going back to MySpace. MySpace, yeah. Yeah. But um, what's, your, uh, what's your favorite song on it, man? Do you have a favorite song? On, on Kyo's new album. I like Human. Human is great. I have Human. a I have a line from Human too. Um, you want me to do it your way, but you don't do it your way. Mm. Jesus. Mm. I was like, how many times do we impose our feelings, our desires onto other people when we can't even hold ourselves to that same standard? Mm-hmm. And it was it kind of reminded me of like the Pharisees, like they used the law to beat up on people. The same thing that they could not um, abide by. The same the same standard they couldn't meet is the standard they used to beat up on everybody else. And it's kind of like it made me really think like to be careful of what I project onto other people, including insecurities. We talked about this earlier, but like being careful not to use my wound as a weapon yes. and not to go back and re-offend people in the manner that I've been offended yes. and use my, and start speaking a language of offense, like adopting the language of what offended me. And now that's the language I use towards other people that puts them back in that same place because we want people to identify subconsciously with how we felt. Mm -hmm. So we put them in a position to constantly feel how we felt. And that's what humans do. It is. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I feel like this album kind of human specifically and some of the uh, human, don't judge me, better, grateful. I feel like it had a really top 40 feel to it. Like, I feel like it was kind of like a Benny Blanco produced sound. Like, I kind of, I feel like you could, you could take these songs, those songs and implement them into top 40 radio right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and we don't really see that in gospel. Um, 
too much to where our stuff is like can can fit the pop format. Right. Like she didn't even use like the R and B format in those songs. She did like verse, uh, pre chorus, chorus, and then a post. We don't really do a lot of post choruses right. in gospel. Um, that's definitely a pop thing. So I really enjoyed that the songs were structured like pop radio. For me, so, human gave me human gave me a lot of brandy, and I I was like, is it a coincidence that? It's called human and and it sound I mean it sounds really brandyish, which is a compliment. I love I love oh, yeah, brandy. Yeah. I love Karen, but it to me it was like I could I can hear I could literally hear Brandy singing that singing that track. Hmm. My favorite follow shout out to Todd Delaney. He did his thing. Yeah, they I were great. They were great. They were yeah. they were a pleasant surprise. They were something that I didn't even know I needed. Like I just didn't in my mind put them together like yeah. Karen and Todd, but. When I saw it, and then when I heard it, I was like, this is really good. This is really good. I like the unexpected drive. That drive? But I figured something was going to happen. Like, I knew when I started hearing that, the buildup of the bridge, I was just like, something, this is going somewhere. And then when it turned, and he said, turn those claps into a church clap, I was like, oh, here we we go. Here we go. Can we give flowers to the bass player on that track? Because he murdered that track. He, he killed. Um, I choose you. I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy a good. She gave a little 90s. A good 90s groove vibe. That was good. Um, things You Do is good. Another R&B moment. Um, so Into You gave that 80s. And I love that J. Drew, I think J. Drew produced that song. I love when J. Drew and Kiara give their 80s nods. Because I feel like in Free, the, um, the Michael Jackson um, nod in "You Are." Um, oh, the way you make me feel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they always give something '80s um, and some type of '80s, and it kind of I feel like it's special. That's a special era for their family because yeah. that was like the height of their well, one of the many peaks right. or one of the many heights of their uh, mother's career. In the 80s with the Clark sisters. It's probably the same church kid testimony of we weren't supposed to be listening to this, but we did. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's why we cherished it so much because it was like we weren't supposed to be listening to it. But yeah. the moments that we snuck away to listen to it, it was like that made it extra good. Like the fact, I mean, because it's always better when you're not supposed to be doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey friends, this is Melvin Charles Akins, and I hope that you are enjoying today's episode of Wildfire. All of the music that you hear, all of the instrumental music was produced by AJ Simmons. You can follow him on Instagram at underscore AJ Simmons. But you know what Kiara really speaks to, to me, which this kind of goes back to your profession and you know what you do, like really pouring into the next generation. Like I love that her mother had her on her albums when she was younger mm-hmm. and you could see them really developing that gift and cultivating that gift that was in her. And now to have her nephew on the last album, I mean, kind of doing the same thing her mom did to her. It's really beautiful to like see people conscious about the next generation yeah. because I feel like if you are not conscious about pouring into the next generation or training the next generation like I love watching Warren Campbell teaching his boys how to play yeah. teaching his son how to play bass and instrument drums and teaching Krista how to play piano and stuff like that but I feel like if you're not really pouring into the next generation and you're not cognizant about the future if you're not thinking of a way for your gift to live on if you're not looking for a way to impart your gift into somebody else then it's already dead yeah. and it shouldn't be just Legacy. For Legacy us. is important. 
like I love you know since we we're, we always talk about the Bible I love that the Lord called Elijah out and told him you need to go and anoint your successor like there's another generation that depends on what's in your hands mm. there's another generation that's waiting on you and they won't have it unless you put your hands on them like it's something so important in making sure that we are training and equipping the next generation that's why i love what you do how do you balance all of that and why are you so intentional to speak to this generation because millennial things really speaks to the current but chosen and the dream coach reaches forward to the next generation so honestly chosen started really as like a two-part experience so in my own experience um when I was in high school, like I was like heavily involved in everything. Like I was in the band, I was on SGA, I was on the modeling troupe. And I think that because I was so active, I think that the adults in the building felt like I had it all together and that I knew what I was doing. And so because of that, I kind of flew, flew below the radar. And so nobody thought to check in with me to ask me if I needed help or if you know i knew what i was doing with regard to college and like i usually tell people all the time like i was so green when it came to understanding how college works that i felt like so like you know when you're in school you're zoned to go to certain schools mm -hmm. so because a t was up the street from my house i thought that like if i'm gonna go to college i gotta go to a t because that's my zone I didn't realize that I didn't have that I had options outside of Greensboro. I had no clue. I didn't figure that out until the tenth grade. Wow. And honestly, it was because of uh, a guy I was talking to at that time who was like, "Yeah, like I'm going to FAMU." I was like, "What? How? Aren't we supposed to go to A&T?" And he was like, "But you're also <laughs> talking about somebody whose dad was a lawyer, so like he was not first generation college student. Right. So he had been open and um." exposed to like that like for me my first exposure to college was a different world right. and i had that in my head the whole time i knew that if i went to ant that would be probably a similar experience that i had but like i didn't know what to do or how to get there and the counselor that i had when i was in high school seemingly and a lot of my classmates agree she was only concerned with like number one through ten in the class wow. everybody else kind of fell right everybody fell through the cracks so oh, wow. You know, I mean, those of us who knew what to do, we knew what to do. Those of us who didn't, didn't. And I think there were far, like the majority of my classmates, you're talking about 294 people, wow. were, would have been or could have been first generation college students or graduates. But they didn't pay, they didn't give the extra push to learn about those things and to do those things and to apply ourselves and the importance of maintaining a consistent GPA throughout high school. Like mm. These are things we didn't know. Like We all knew we wanted to go to college, but we didn't really know how to do that. So that was my own personal experience. But from an educational standpoint, um, at one of my very first jobs right out of um, graduate school, I worked in a very small town that was honestly, even in 2015, I think, was still very racially segregated. Um, and I had a lot of students of color wow. who never had really not seen a lot of successful black people. Like I was the first black counselor they had in 10 years, mm. which is ridiculous. And so quite naturally, whether I had those students or not, they all gravitated towards me because yeah. there's somebody in this building who's young and looks like me and somebody I can relate to. 
And so they would come and talk to me about their experiences, about things their teachers said about them. Like I had a student, he had a very low GPA, but a very, 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 very high SAT score. And a group of teachers got together and tried to say that he cheated. He didn't. Wow. He was brilliant. He just played around in school, so his grades suffered. He didn't really start getting serious about um, school until he transferred to our school. And so I saw a need there where I have an opportunity to essentially be a beacon of hope in the lives of these kids and to show them the way that nobody showed me. So I created Chosen because like, we only get seven and a half hours with the kids. And when you look in the grand scheme of how uh, instruction is facilitated, administration and teachers don't like kids to be out of class, but it's like, but how else do I contact or connect with these kids except that I call them down? And so um, I, I just felt like, um, restrained in the level of service that I was able to offer to the students because anytime they were in my office for longer than 30 or 45 minutes, I had people questioning me as to what I was doing with them. And just because I have a good rapport with my students and we can laugh and joke around doesn't mean that we're not doing work. Right. I started Chosen really as, a, as an answer to a need that I knew I wanted to fulfill but wasn't allowed to. So, um, it wasn't allowed to during the, during the day. So, Chosen is a nonprofit college access program for high school girls. I served the triad because, I mean, this is home. Um, I hope to at some point be able to expand to other areas of North Carolina and eventually to other states. But, um, when it's all said and done, like, I know what it's like to need something and to not know that you need it. Therefore, you don't know what questions to ask. And if nobody reaches out to grab you, or sees any potential in you, you just fall by the wayside. And so um, I am really passionate about not only assisting, because I can sit here all day and teach you how to do a college application, but until I teach you the language of college, because college mm. has its own language, yes, it does. until I teach you you know, who you are. Like I didn't know I was a first-generation college student until I was a first-generation college graduate. I didn't know that I probably could have gone to college for free. Like, I didn't know these things. Nobody told me. And so if I empower you with not only how to do it, but the why and the what and the who, you're not going to be able to ever be stopped from anything that you want to do or to accomplish because you have the knowledge. Like the Bible says, the people perish for lack of knowledge. So a lot of kids would try to size or compare themselves to their counterparts and it's like, well, honey, you got to understand they had a leg up on you. They have had five generations of family mm-hmm. that they can recall who've all gone to the same university. You're the first person to graduate from high school. So you're starting out on a totally different playing field than they are. We got to get you to a level where you can understand so that you can break generational curses in your family. Like, I honestly see, even though Chosen is not, like, Christian-based, it is my ministry. Like, I honestly believe that the cure to poverty is education, whether that be 
in a college classroom, whether that be doing research online, whether it be reading a book, whatever. Like when you empower yourself with knowledge, you essentially set yourself up to be unstoppable and to not get taken advantage of and to not miss out on opportunities. So I created that for that reason. Um, It really is like my passion project. I love like working with my girls and developing their skills and mentoring them and teaching them what they need to know. However, the dream coach really started because as like chosen kind of began to be a little more widely known than we were when we first started, I started like attracting other kids from other places that I knew, like kids from my church or other kids from other schools or my friends, kids, whatever, who had questions about, you know, the college application process. And for years, I offer like free service. Now chosen, I it is my mission to always uh, continue to have the majority of our programs to be free because we serve or focus our service on um, title children who attend Title One high schools. However, um, I also know that it is very important to monetize your skills mm-hmm. and to not continue to allow yourself to like to not make money off of something you're able to do like. I know the importance of having extra streams of income. No one who's wealthy only has one pot to pull from. Right. Yeah. And when you do have one pot to pull from, you are always and continually in control of that pot. They tell you when to come. They tell mm-hmm. you when to go. Like your livelihood, your whole... Look at us now. <laughs> right. People, so many people are out of jobs. Right. They're only you know, source of income. Right. That's why it's so important to have multiple streams. Right. So yeah. I created the Dream Coach... Because I know that I have a product that can be marketable and that I can profit from it at the same time, still helping people to reach their goals and to achieve their dreams. You know what I love about Chosen um, or what really blesses me is that it is a free program, but all the girls who participate get scholarships. Like I was really, I think I told you this after your scholarship pageant, I was like, you gave away a lot of money today and it's really impressive like because a lot of these students may not have anybody to walk them through the process of how to apply for scholarships how to get scholarships so not only are you walking them through the process and teaching them and giving them you know training them in college access you're making college accessible to them by providing them with a scholarship just for participating and teaching them early how valuable their time is so like you're investing your time into this program you're going to get something out of it yeah, I appreciate that. Like, I know I'm a former pageant queen, and like competing in pageants, you raise all of this Hold money. Hold on, you're a former pageant queen. Yeah. Why you just casually, Go ahead. just <laughs> casually through that? I'm a former pageant queen. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a former pageant queen. I'm we gonna give you a fake applause. I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I was in black and gold for the Gamma Beta chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha at North Carolina Central. I'm also a former Miss Black Greensboro, Miss Black Durham, and a former Miss Black North Carolina USA. Um, oh. I've been in my pageant system 14 years now. I started competing uh, the year that I graduated from college. And that... That whole experience within my pageant system has definitely been a transformative experience for me. However, in addition to um, like the, the amazing things that I gain, I don't do beauty pageants. I do scholarship pageants because I think pageantry already has a level of being superficial and people don't understand why people do it. 
But what people don't know is that, and I'm not bashing my pageant system because my pageant director is A1. Like, honestly, he's the reason why Chosen exists mm-hmm. because there were a lot of people who I tried to talk to about how to start a nonprofit and nobody really wanted to help me. And he literally took his lunch break for an entire hour and walked me through like what I needed to do or at least to try to help me get started. Wow. And so like I love him. But in a lot of pageants that I've participated in over the years, you know, you raise like hundreds of dollars or I've seen other girls raise thousands of dollars to be a part of these pageants. They don't win the pageant and they don't get any money. So you just walk away with your face in your lap. And a lot of them leave and they're not okay when they leave. And I I have girls who are on their own individual learning curve. And the most disappointing thing is to, because in order to compete in a pageant, you have to be vulnerable. There is a level of vulnerability for you to get on stage and speak in front of people, especially yeah. if public speaking is scary for you. And sing. Some yes. of your girls are singing and yes. dancing and... It's a very intimidating experience, and like we do an entire pageant process, so the girls learn. We train them on how to compete for at least two to three months prior to the pageant, so they develop their own relationship within each other. And then in one night, now you compete against your friends. So I never wanted anybody to walk away from the pageant experience feeling like they gained absolutely nothing but an experience. Like, even if it's just a small book scholarship, that's better than you spending all this time raising all this money and then you don't get anything back from it. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is Joshua Lattimore, a.k.a. JD Lat Music. Just wanted to drop you a line to purchase my EP that's out entitled Love's Song. I also have a single entitled With You. Again, my name is Joshua Lattimore. Thank you for listening and support indie artists. So how do you feel when you get a student that says, uh, Miss, where do they call you? Miss Douglas or Miss Lynn, depending uh, on. Miss Douglas, I got in college. How, how does that make you feel? So usually I give them my most ratchet praise ever. Because, <laughs> like the population that I serve, I believe in being culturally relevant wherever right, I am. Right. So like, I mean, I ain't like real hip on a whole bunch of dances, but... <laughs> I might, you know, I might merely rock something you know, <laughs> for my folks. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but I'm always, like, extra excited. Like, I make copies of their um, recommendation. Not recommendation. Wow. Copies of their acceptance letters. I tape them up on my door in my office because I want everybody to know my kids who got into college. That's like, beautiful. it's cool that it's out there, maybe possibly on a bulletin board or we might do an announcement. But it kind of be, even last year, oh my God, it became a competition. Like they walk in like, uh-uh, they got five letters. I got, mm I got four. I got to get another one. Wow. And so wow. they come in and like take their letters up. And just to see their excitement and being able to visually see their accomplishments is an amazing feeling. Like I, I go hard for my kids. And I, I mean, even now, like I still have students from years ago that I still keep in contact with. A lot of my former students have become my mentees. They graduated from college. They're off doing their own thing. A lot of them are educators. They call me to talk about issues they have in the classroom and in school. Wow. And it's kind of, it's cool. Like, I love to see, like, their growth and development and how they're trying to navigate adulting as I'm also trying to navigate it, but just from a different perspective. Yeah. I love when we're on college campus at Winston-Salem State and some of your students will come up and you're like, 
be talking to them, or they'll like make appointments with you to come see <laughs> to come see you. And I'm like in, in real life, like yes. like you said, a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you gonna be at? What time? And they'll come and like come to the library, or she'll go do a dorm visit. And I think that's so sweet that's that, so that you still have that relationship, um, you know, with the students even beyond high school. I think it's important. I mean, so often you go to high school, you spend all this time with this person, you graduate, and then it's like they meant so much to you, and it's almost as if they don't really care about you like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, that's a lesson that I learned from one of my mentors. So um, I never had her as a teacher, ever. Um, But she was actually the advisor for my, like, our classes, SGA. So, like, my... And she moved with us. She started working with us my sophomore year before I actually was like an officer. But she was sophomore class advisor, then junior, then senior. And over those three years, I developed such a good relationship with her. And like anybody who knows her knows that she is very hot or cold. She either like you or she don't. Uh-oh. And I was just, you know, honored to be in the number of those <laughs> that she liked, you know. Glad and to be in the number. So glad. And glad. I think I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the most meaningful um, experiences that I had with her was not even when I was in high school. It was she would call me and check on me during my freshman year. She would give me advice about like dating and life and like how to maneuver. But the one experience that meant the most to me was that um, she I can't remember if she came and picked me up from campus or if I was home. But she, um, yeah, I was home. I went to her, um, her condo at the time and she drove, um, me to Durham and we went shopping. Like I didn't have to pay for anything. I spent the whole day with her and it really meant a lot to me that she didn't just drop me off, you know, at college and didn't want to talk to me anymore. And the thing is 16 years later, we still rocking. That's my girl. Like our relationship has definitely like transformed and it's, it's its own thing now. I still struggle back and forth between calling her by her first name or calling her Miss So and So, which usually I just don't address her. I just start talking because it's just still weird. <laughs> yeah, it's still weird. But like I can literally talk to her about anything. Like she's been very instrumental in my life, even with like um, like preparing for home ownership. Like she rolled my tail when it wow. came to my finances. She was like, "Stop doing this." She's like, you just spent $54 on coffee this week, but you say you want to buy a house. So you want to buy a house or you want to drink coffee? <laughs> I was like... I want to do both. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was like, you need to start like reconfiguring your priorities. Like She stays on me. like It's amazing. And so she's been such an example for me. I want to be for other people what she is to me. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Hey y'all, I hope that you're really enjoying this episode of Wild Fire. If you want to follow me on social media, please make sure that you follow me at Becoming31Status. That's my personal page for Lynn D. You can also follow me at Millennial Things Podcast. That's M-I-L-L-Y-N-N-I-A-L Things Podcast. And you can also follow me at The Dream Coach CPC. Be sure to follow both of my podcasts on Apple Music. Thanks. 
Hey friends, what happens when you're filming an episode and you just go on for hours because you just have so much to talk about? We make it a two-part episode. So join us next week right here on Wildfire for part two of The Ultimate Multitasker featuring Lynn D. Thank you.